and welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me tonight is Connor Lawrence, co-founder and COO of Indify. Indify is the investment marketplace for independent music, a platform that gives emerging artists the traction and ability to raise funding from strategic investors in a fair and equitable way. While in college, he developed the first iteration of the company, along with the creation and distribution of an editorial newsletter. That newsletter showcased artists like Khalid, Billie Eilish, and Post Malone long before they reached the mainstream. And at its peak, subscribers included over 10,000 senior-level music executives. Over the past seven years, Indify has helped independent artists drive over 1.8 billion streams and secure over $2.5 million in funding. And in 2020, Connor was featured as one of Rolling Stone's Future 25, which showcases the next generation of music industry innovators. So, Connor, thanks so much for being here. Are you ready for these three questions? Of course, of course. Thank you for the introduction. You're welcome. Okay, here we go. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? Yeah, uh, 25. It feels it feels long ago, but not too far, right? <laughs> um, you know, pre-COVID. But I think, I think personally, like from from what I've experienced right over the past few years, I think the first thing I'd say on a personal level is having a defined work-life balance. You know, in the music industry, it's easy to forget that because this is like our passion, right? We we all love music. We're all in it day in and day out because we love music. We love artists. We love working with like great great artists. Um, it's easy to forget that music is our passion, right? And so, you know, whether it's going out to emerging a show for an emerging artist or, you know, going to dinner with a peer at another, you know, company, uh, it's easy to forget, I think, that these are still work events. And so something that I've kind of realized through the years is like, while like those things are great and I think they're great, obviously you can make amazing friends in music as well. And it's great to like develop your personal network and professional network as well. I think having clear definitions of work-life balance and being able to kind of draw the line between it. You know, I, I, uh, I often think of this interview that I, I like watched where it was referenced that Serena Williams talked about the idea of sustained greatness, mm -hmm. that it's not just like about being great for like a short span of time that, you know, these great athletes, these great business people, they're great for like decades, right? They look at their whole career. They're like sustaining greatness. And I think, it doesn't just come from working day in and day out, like 24 seven. I think it comes from taking breaks, being able to pause. And it's not a pause or a break because you're, you're, you know, lazy or anything like that. I think it's a pause or break because you're being strategic with your time. You're saying, okay, like I'm going to take it easy now so that when I get to it, I can perform at the highest possible level. Um, I think that's like one thing I would think about definitely on a personal level, like cutting those boundaries really hard. Right. And so does that go for your professional as well? No, I think, I think professional, it's interesting. I think professional it's, it's because it, it can kind of be a personal thing too, but I think from what I found professionally, especially working at an early stage startup, I think you have to be really warmly honest with yourself and the people around you. And I say warmly, because I think you always have to be like nice and, and mm -hmm. positive and, and warm, I warm is like a really good word because I think it just kind of sums up the feelings of it, right? Like it has to be, there has to be warmth to the honesty that you're giving people, right? If you're giving feedback, if you're telling them how you feel, if you're being even honest to yourself. Um, 
but I think it's, it's easy not to be honest. It's easier just to like, not say how you feel, right? Like not give people feedback, um, not like kind of call yourself out on something. But I think in being honest, you're being accountable. You're creating a system of accountability with, you know, your peers and yourself. And I think in a startup where, you know, every day is, it feels like a, a battle for survival, right? It's like you have constant peaks and valleys, sometimes within an hour of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and others. You know, if that's like understanding like where your unique skill set lies, honestly, like asking yourself that, or that's again, giving feedback to someone in like a warm, positive way to make sure that like they, they hear you out and they improve because you have their best interests at heart. Uh, but I think just warm honesty across the board is really important when you work in early stage startup. Mm-hmm. So since you've had so much success at such a young age, I would love to flip this question for you. And what would you hope to tell your 70 year old self? Oh, that's, that's a, I like that. That's a good question. <laughs> I think, so w- what would I tell my 70 year old mm-hmm. self? Um, that's tough. I would tell them that like, you know, like I hope they had a good life. I hope they, they worked hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, I, I think I would it. tell them, I, I hope they're happy. Like I, I hope they, they generally like worked hard and, and had a good life. You know, I think it's tough. Cause I'm like, do, do I, do I know what I do until I'm 70? Like, do I, you know, if I'm talking yeah. about self, that's a funny question though. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be interesting if what would my 70 year old self say to me now? Yeah. You know, like, I think that's like, I think it's, it's, I'm curious about that. I think ideally they would tell me to relax, like not take things as seriously probably. Um, and to like, you know, focused on working consistently towards things that like I truly am passionate about, and mm-hmm. you know, to care for the people that I work around, you know, cause I think, I, I think it. it's always, it always has to be about the people before the products. Definitely. Here we go into question two. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and you and I both know that it's no different in the music industry. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes they can be good. So what's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? Yeah, I think, again, I think this is a great question. Um, but the the thing I've learned in the last few years, right, because just just let me background like we came into the music industry in 2015 when like it was not a good time right it was like the blog mm-hmm. era artists weren't making a lot of money like streaming hadn't taken off and so if you think about like the recent environment that we work that we work in every single day right like streaming took off in really 2018 right spotify right i always think of juice world like his first big song really taking off right then you think about tiktok which really took off in like 2019 2020 with Lil Nas X and obviously I think the pandemic. So we're in this totally new environment and we're in this totally new ecosystem. And with this new environment and with this new marketplace, I think there's a truth where there's a secret to the fact that like, we're all learning as we go. Like there's, there's you know, from the highest CEOs to like the interns, like nobody really knows everything. Like the TikTok algorithm is constantly changing each day. Like the importance of things constantly shifts, right? In terms of like being an artist and breaking, like you're kind of learning as you go. And so I think we're at this beautiful point in the music industry where many of us don't realize like we're setting precedent, you know, and with like, in the terms of like the structure of how these deals are made, because there's so much leverage in the artist's favor to the fact that like, you know, again, like artists are breaking in new ways every single day. 
And so I think the dirty little secret is everyone's learning, like everyone. And so I, I think that's like the, the biggest thing I'd say is like, just make sure you're studying and learning because like, I think the best people are doing that. The people that are succeeding the most are doing that consistently. Yeah, that's very true. And I think it's funny that you bring up TikTok because people don't realize that there could be a brand new app tomorrow <laughs> and that there, TikTok could be gone. There and there will be. I think that's like the the thing that like we always forget as like I feel like we're just humans are like so focused on the now that like we forget that like there was a time when like Instagram was everything and like Facebook was everything. And yeah. like I remember the rapper Russ broke because of like Facebook ads and like though that was like remarkable like that wasn't that long ago you know like that was in like 2016 so uh the market's always shifting the landscape is always changing and I think the best thing you can do is just to learn as much as you can constantly Mm -hmm. always more to come yeah all right last question Throughout your career, I can only imagine that you've been asked plenty of questions through a conference, maybe the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, I'll bet there was one that you've never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and what would be the answer? So I was thinking about this question and I think the question I've never been asked is what's your biggest mistake? identify like your biggest mistake work no one has said that here and exciting I think the it's interesting because like I when I thought of that I was like oh like I don't want to admit like my biggest mistake at Indify if I have to answer this question as well but I actually I, I don't think it's about the actual answer to the question I think for me the concept of the question of like normalizing everyday mistakes, right? Like if you're a professional athlete, right? Like, and I I just, cause I think that's like an easy thing. I watch like a lot of football quarterbacks, Tom Brady's thrown so many interceptions. Like his mistakes are just obvious and clear, but as like professionals, I think we try to like hide and like not act like we make any mistakes that people are perfect. And so I think most people make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, especially at work. It's a high pressure environment. And so Mm -hmm. I think more of the concept of like normalizing making mistakes, like making it so like we all know that we make mistakes. It's like not as big a deal as we think it is, right? Most mistakes are solvable and most mistakes are are reversible. Um, and I think in terms of like what my answer would be is I think the funniest thing or like the, the funniest mistakes I, I would make often would be like typos in our newsletter. And I remember um, I started the newsletter on MailChimp and MailChimp would have this like, they like when you want to go press send, it would be like a monkey's hand pressing send. And like, there would be like a little sweat mark coming out of the monkey's hand. Cause it was so nerve wracking to like press send to send newsletter to like 10,000 people. Um, but I remember like the first time I made a typo error, like I just like went home and I was just like, so upset. I would just felt like, you know, complete idiot. But then I realized like, you know, like one, like most people don't care. And two, like you can always get better. You can always improve. And like, you're going to make more typos in the future. Right. Um, and so I think, but I think overall, like normalizing mistakes, I think is, is a big key that, that that's like what I would take away from this question. Well, yeah. Connor, it has been so great having you on tonight. I appreciate taking the time to chat with me. Of and- course. Of course. Thank you. To all of my listeners, I know you enjoyed hearing from Connor just as much as I enjoyed chatting with him. So stay tuned for next week's episode of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you then.